This is the Tea About Bees. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Tammy Cherney, along with Tatiana Tonakabani, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Tea About Bees, where we discuss the joys and trials of backyard beekeeping. It's August 25th, 2022. This is Tammy. And this is Tatiana. What do you have going on this week? Oh, my gosh, a whole lot. <laughs> I've got um, attacked by lots of carpenter bees here at Mahav's. And uh, my bees are doing real good. They're not sharing their space with a big old carpenter bee. So we've got lots of dead carpenter bees out there from that is being so attacked. Weird. That is so weird that you have carpenter bees trying to get into your beehives. Yeah, I don't know what it is. This is um, this year. It's been special. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm on the lake and I have like two acres and I've got wild petunia um, growing out there right now that I do see this last two weeks. I've seen the carpenter bees really working. So they're here on the property and I guess they're just looking for a place to nest. I don't know where they were, if they were somewhere else before and now they don't have a home. They needed to looking for a new home. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, the beehives are not the place and you guys are not learning. Um, yeah. But luckily for me, you know, I've got the small hole um, entrance on for the bees. I've had that since the dearth has been on so they can protect their hives. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've got full ventilation going so that doesn't um, affect them. And it really allows them to not let predators inside hive. So and, yeah, I, yeah, carpenter bees. Mm, that is so strange. Yeah. You so have you ever had any carpenter bees um around your hives? I have um on one occasion I had a carpenter bee actually get underneath the um, you know, with the cutout for the handle on the box. Oh, okay. And actually went up into the wood and drilled wow. a hole and so wow. it was like living in the side of the box wow. alongside my honeybees and and once you know the bees like I rotate through some of my boxes so when I finally was able to get that box off so that I could do repairs and things to it um, right right paint it again uh, I discovered that it had barely broken through the wood on the inside and the bees had just filled it up with, you know, propolis to keep. So the, so there was, so, that there, they, so right. there was a carpenter bee living in the woodenware for a period of time and it, they left. Was it, it painted? Alone. Um, that box was not sometimes yeah. I try to get all my boxes painted and I put <laughs> them out there, but you know, there's times in the season where you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to add a box. I don't have time to paint it. I, I know. Right. right? Yeah. And so yeah. then you're like, okay, well it, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And you throw those boxes on and at some point they will come off. And when they do, I work back around, I send them out, I paint them and, uh, and, and try to get them ready for the next time I have to use them. But um, that just happens sometimes. So I have a mix of, of really nicely painted boxes with, um, with some boxes that just got thrown on because that's what I had. That's what you had. Right. So uh, what about wasp? Have you ever had a wasp come at your hives? No, I'm, I don't think I've had any I don't think I've had any problems with that. Um, I did have one season, I did have a little bit of a problem with one of my hives. Um, I had some yellow jackets that yeah. were around and they can, they can be, they can be bad for honeybees. Uh, yellow jackets, yeah. if they find that as a food source, they will go in and, and um, if the hive is weak, they will uh, kill the bees. 
And, wow. and I did lose that hive. I did end up losing oh. that hive. So, um, so yeah, yellow jackets, they're, they're, they're nasty. Um, I don't mind, you know, like dirt daubers, mm-hmm. um, what we call regular paper wasps. Right, right. Um, they don't bother the, I mean, they live alongside right, me too. bees with no problem. And mm-hmm. that's the reason you having those carpenter bees, I don't know what's going on with your carpenter bee. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is I'm not talking about one or two. Right? I know. I know you have. Told We're talking me. about on the daily, we're having, you know, in one hive, it can be, they seem to go after one particular hive, which is the one that's closest to the forest. Okay. Um, there's three other that are in that forest apiary, which is up there on a cement, you know, Pad. platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is not getting, they seem to not bother the first two hives. They want to go into the strongest hive, you know? Um, and you're like, you guys are just confused. <laughs> there's so many bees on the outs. Like, why are you even trying? Like, yeah, they're not yeah. going to let you, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> and then I see them just flying around, you know, the different hives trying, and they're like, let me come in, let me come in. And my bees are like, no. And then they go right after them and then stick their little hineys over there and sting them. And I'm like, why'd you not listen? They told you not to come, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I saw two today that were just, you know, they were alive and they were, they kept trying to get in the hive. And I was like, yeah, it ain't going to last too long, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're having, I would say on the daily about seven a day. That is, that is just crazy. It's um, sad. It, like, it is sad. I want to say I, a big sign. Please don't come. It's a death over here. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, you know, and, other poor, and too- poor carpenter bees, they get such a bad rap anyway, um, because they, um, they drill holes in people's houses and, you know, most people don't want the bees destroying their property. No, of course not. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're just great pollinators. Yeah. Just a painting helps paint. a ton. Yeah. Painting helps a ton. If you have areas that, you know, are just natural wood, paint it. Even if you don't want to have like a color of paint, you can put on it some sort of clear protection, yeah. like some sort of varnish. There's even natural organic stuff that you can put if you're a real purist, you know, and yeah. you really don't want to, if you, but you got to put something where it's not just naked wood yeah. because They'll carpenter bees it. are like, oh, this is nice for my little home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else is going on with you? Um, it's well, this week was my, mine and my husband's 25th anniversary. So we took some time to do that. I haven't really been in the bees. Um, we haven't been in the bees this week at all. Just having other things going on. I do try to go out every day and kind of, I tour through my garden. Anytime I'm out somewhere, I look and go, huh, are those blooming? Or do they have honeybees on them? Are the bees (laughs) working those? And you know, we had, we had such a dry summer and now we're getting rain. And it's really interesting because my next door neighbors have um, some golden rain tree. And they usually bloom in the springtime, but they're actually blooming again, which is I'm just assuming that it's because we've had, you know, such a dry spell and then it's a rain that it's kind of, they're kind of like, oh, it's like spring again. Right. Um, Because they almost went into a dormant spring with the heat. Yeah. Rain. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so they're blooming again. And I've gone and I've looked up in the trees. And of course, there's there's butterflies and bumblebees. And um, and my honeybees are over there working the lo- their little hearts out. And I'm like, yay. yay. Because really, we're just now starting to see um, goldenrod bloom. Right. And that's really the beginning of our, what we consider our fall, our fall flow. Right. So I'm like keeping my fingers crossed that we get enough rain, that we'll have a good fall flow this year. Cause we don't always have a good fall, fall flow here in middle Tennessee. It's off and on. It's off and on. It's, it's very hit or miss. And right. it, it's usually dependent upon the um, weather and the rain. Yeah. And so if we're going to have a flow, it's going to be from the goldenrod and typically from the wild asters. Now it's a little different for you and I, because we live in a suburban area and a totally. lot of people have flowers and things planted. So right. it, it's, a, it's, you know, there's an advantage to living in the areas that we live as backyard hobbyist beekeepers. Right. If you live in a more rural community, then you're very dependent upon native plants or yes. a particular farm crop exactly. but with where we live you know i have i have um pretty much a house per acre right. and if those individuals plant large flower gardens or they have a specific kind of tree or vegetable gardens bloom, yeah it, the the bees have access to more plants the one thing that Now, a lot of people don't understand about honeybees, though, is if you have one plant and say you have a perennial plant and you have it planted in your garden, you're like, I know honeybees love this plant. If you only have one plant, chances are you're not going to see any honeybees on it. Mm -mm. Um, They, 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 you know, because they they practice what's called floral fidelity. And so when they go out to collect either nectar or pollen from a flower, they are um, only going to select a plant that has enough for them to to make that trip and have something to come back with so if there's there's one plant they're going to be like yeah there's not enough there for me to collect and make and fill myself up for this one trip so they're economic in their well, trips. They're smart right exactly. <laughs> they're economic in their trips yeah. yeah and so um a, because i i had that when i first started beekeeping i was like i have this plant i know honeybees love this plant and why aren't they <laughs> on here and then you know you realize but that's what makes them such that makes them so good for um commercial pollination is because they like to work things in large quantities exactly that is what i have completely discovered you know, you have so much recommendations, all the different plants that you can plant for your bees, for pollinators, etc. And, you know, in the beginning, when you're just learning, you think, oh, I'll, I'll plant one of this and one of that and da da da. Nope, that is not what they want. Mm-mm. You need to plant a lot of something that they like. And that way, they'll hit it. So like, in my little tiny backyard, I was telling you that I had um, back in San Diego, it was filled with lavender lots of white rose bushes and a big giant key lime tree. Mm -hmm. And then I also had like this other purple plant. I forget what it was called. And I had hydrangea, but the purple plant, the hummingbirds came to um, sort of looks like a pom-pom, but um, it's a different version. It's only for like, um, what do you call it? It's not stage 10, regional 10. Re- oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The when you have your uh, USDA uh, regions for growing regions, yeah, it was growing region ten and above. Yeah, so it's not over here. It's not the uh, gladiators. 
I think that's what they're called. Gladi- it's not, it's not a gladiator. It's called something else. It's an African something. Okay. Anyways, they would hit that because I had it in the front. I had it in the back. So when you have a repetition of one type of plant and you're not too close to the hive, by the way, that's the thing too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I heard someone say, and I didn't really get it at the time, but he's like, I have a big, huge vegetable garden. I put the bees right next to it. They're never working anything there. <laughs> well, I guess they don't like to work right next to their home. So yeah. that's kind of interesting, but you, I will, you know, you know what they say about that they, no. they, because, you know, bees take what we call cleansing flights. So they fly out of the hive and they poop go to the bathroom, they go to the bathroom <laughs> outside. Their, so they don't, they don't eat where they poop. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, typically bees won't work anything. Typically they won't work plants within about 20 feet to, of their hives. So um, so if you're putting yeah, them right in the rare. middle of your garden, then you're probably not going to see them working a lot of that stuff. Right. So, I mean, the funny thing is too, is like, I put, uh, two hives in the front cause I had so much wind coming from the back of the property, which is all lakefront property. Yeah. You're getting all that lake wind. And so I would get all that lake wind and I would realize that, okay, that's not going to be a good idea for the bees. I got, I have to have some sort of wind block. So I put them in my front yard. I have like a huge acre just in the front yard. Yeah. And I love having them by my front door, near my front door. They're not at the front door. They're near my front door. Um, because I can really keep an eye can watch their flight patterns. It's so you learn so much from just watching them in general without even going into the hive, you know? But yeah, they, they, it's rare. I was kind of worried, um, with having bees around the home. I'm like, are they going to be like attacking me at the front door? And what a joke, you know, because of course they, they have care. no interest. It's really funny. They have, no interest. They have no interest Zero. In at all. As long as you don't, like I have actually walked across there. There's the term beeline actually comes because they travel in a line from the hive out and I have yes. walked, you know, you'll walk in front of the hives and they're traveling, they're coming and going. I've yes. actually had them run into me and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm in your yeah, highway. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the B highway. I've got to get out of the way. Exactly. Um, their front door. It's like, just don't stand in front of their front door. They're yeah. good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, having bees, I mean, if you have bees in your backyard, um, as long as you like, I actually have mine facing um, what I have. I have like a row of blackberries uh, between myself and my neighbor so that when my bees go out of the hive, they they come up against that line of blackberries and then they go up. And so then when they're crossing the neighbor's yard, wherever they're going, um, they're above people's heads. So most of the time, unless you're like standing in front of my hives in my backyard, most of the neighbors are not going to really even know that I have bees. Um, because they're just out doing their thing. And, um, that makes, it makes it easy to keep bees in spaces where you can't keep a lot of other, what you would consider, I guess, an agricultural type animal. Yeah. So I do think it's important that anyone who wants to get bees that you check with your local, uh, laws. And how you keep the bees. Now, luckily for us in the state of Tennessee, you are not allowed. There is no entity that could, no HOA, no city that can tell you not to have bees. bees. There are some, uh, there's some places where they have some things in place. Um, 
I think about maybe quantity of bees. I haven't run into that um, in the state, but as far as um, allowing you to keep bees, there, there is a, there is some laws in place um, that allow to protect the ability to keep bees. Exactly. Anywhere in the state. Exactly. There in each city will then have the amount of land that you have, how many bees um, that you can keep as far as like regular hives, but they can't tell you, you know, like in the spring, like you're going to split or you'll have nukes, you'll be breeding, you'll be trying to raise maybe more bees or whatever. Um, they can't tell you about that because the government is at a low for the bees in general for our mm-hmm. state. And we need all the beekeepers and bees, you know, and we haven't obviously because of the Varroa, um, you know, we have an issue with the losses. So the government wants to try to help us here, um, keep our numbers and not yeah. go below a yeah. certain amount. So yeah. it's a wonderful state to keep bees. And I love Tennessee. <laughs> There's and- a lot of support, I think, for beekeeping, especially in the state. Um, and and we have a great inspe- um, state um, inspector. State uh, apiarist, yes. Yep, I mean, yep. Mike um, Stewart? Studer. 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 Yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike yeah. Studer. He's awesome. He is and awesome. He was very supportive for me. Um, he got me a letter, kind of helped me um, get the documents together that I could show my city because I had bees in my front yard. And um, I have a particular property that's not the average type because when you have lakefront property, you don't actually own the land, you know, in front of the lake. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount that is owned by the federal government. Yes, yeah. it, it's yeah. mine. I get to have it. I get to use it. You know, you don't, you can't use it any way you please. It's protected, which of course I like. Um, and I, and I'm good with that, but um, you can't just do whatever you want. So I had talked to the local people um, that govern that area, the army Corps, army of Corps of engineers. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, you know, okay, bees are movable. Um, but no, we couldn't tell you for sure you could keep the bees there. I was like, well, and then plus the lake fluctuates where in spring, if we have a lot of rain, which that, you know, it can, it won't come to my house, thankfully, but it can come up quite high. So it yeah. wouldn't be a safe area. And then I have all that high wind and I have, well, I think your up. biggest issue is wind out there because I yeah. know you've, you've had, you've had, um, haven't you had the tops of your, the outer covers of your hives kind of try to be blown off from the wind from gusts well i have had trees split in half i've had trees just fall down you know with like little mini tornadoes out there um luckily nothing too close to the house and yes in the front of my home so the wind is coming from the lake let's say right Mm -hmm. and then i have my house is like a windbreaker and then i've got the hives there in the front and yet the wind whips around between the two houses, you know, my neighbor and comes in that valley there and then hits my hives and yes, will blow the tops right off. So I've had to, I mean, and you think you're safe in summer? Nope. I mean, (laughs) so you're uh, adding weight, you're putting weight on top. I have to. Yeah. So I have got, um, did you say you have a couple of pavers? Yes. So I wanted something that wasn't so ugly because I saw people put up like cinder blocks. I'm like, I can't be lifting <laughs> cinder blocks up and down all the time. That's crazy. And those are ugly. Let's not say the least. You know, that doesn't work with of- my hive aesthetic. 
no, I like pretty hives. I do beekeep <laughs> like a girl, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I just picked some really nice, you know, very basic, um, rectangle squares, but I've seen a woman she's on Instagram and she puts up, she don't have one. She's in Michigan. And now not to say that you don't get wind in Michigan, but where but she's, particularly, she's at, at. particularly at, she doesn't have it because, she, and I thought it was a really great idea. She uses garden, um, uh, statues that are made of cement, right? <gasps> she sets them on her hives and she uses those. So one's like a morel mushroom. Oh, one is like, you know, a squirrel, one's a turtle. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I love that. But that would fly off and then break, you know, <laughs> well, I'm standing up in the wind, right? I do have some beekeeper friends um, who actually, um, they have some wind issues too. They actually ratchet strap theirs down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I completely get that. Uh, but theirs are not in front of their house. Theirs are out in the middle of a field. So they don't, they're not worrying so much about their aesthetic. They're just trying to keep the the top. The, well, they actually had their whole hive blow over. So theirs is not just the lid coming off. It's the whole hive blowing over. So they ratchet strap well, the whole thing down to a stand. Now I will use a ratchet strap once, once it starts getting vertically challenged, you know, <laughs> So when we, you know, we, both of us are eight frame beekeepers and you do mediums and I do a mix. Yeah. Now you get for a regular hive, you know, what I consider a nice strong hive is a two deep for their brood. And then you've got your honey supers on the top of that. Mm -hmm. So in the spring, well, we can have a lot of wind in the spring, as you know, we can have a lot of wind in the spring. And yet, so it's very fluctuating back and forth. So you get four boxes up there plus my stand, right? So I've got a stand, then I've got, you know, the bottom screen board, then I've got the slatted rack, and then I've got the hives. Let's see the two, the two. I mean, before you know it, the thing's over your head. Well, and then I've got the other box where it's empty, where I sit the, you know, sugar syrup in there for them, should they need it. Bees, in my opinion, if they have honey and they're getting honey, they don't even touch it. Yeah. But you've got bees that are home, right? And I'm always trying, and since I've started, I'm just trying to get them to draw up frames. So those bees that are home can take that and draw out honeycomb Yeah. for the bees that are out there working. But it gets super tall is my point, mm-hmm. challenged. And I will strap it up and still put a weight on, on, on the on top. That. Absolutely. So, and I'm not that tall. I'm only five, four. So I have to have a little stool when it gets to be that tall, you know, <laughs> get up there in my hive. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, challenging for sure keeping bees in general um but they're so fascinating right so here's my question for you how because I, I know how i do this but how do you um what do you do to be able to reach the tops of your hops when they start getting tall so i have two different ways of doing it um the real simple thing is i you know at target they have um, those little bathroom stepping stools mm-hmm. but they're like one step it's like that little and then it's got like a rough um, kind of top on it so you don't slip. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. It, it, and that'll work for a time. Yeah. But then, you know, let's say it gets a little bit taller, <laughs> you know, than that. Um, then if I wanted to have something out there every day, I could keep something by the front door, which would be like one of those um, portable 
two-stepper ones, like yeah. two-step ladders. Yeah. And you can, and you want something that's sturdy, nothing cheap and wobbly, you yeah. know, you can I use have that. a, I have a gorilla three-step, step stool thing that I use. Um, that's good. Occasionally, but for the mo- most of the time, I have a couple of, they're called stout benches. Um, oh, you and I both have those. Yeah, I have a, I actually have a couple because I'll use. What do you one call those? They're, they're, they're I mean, they're, called, they're like painters, benches, like a paint. They're like a, they're a painters a bench. bench. Yeah. Painters bench. That's it. But I use, I usually, I actually have more than one. So I'll, I'll use one of them kind of like a portable table and then yeah. I can use one to stand on and they're fantastic for being able to move around. Love. Um, yeah, I love mine. I love mine. So they're light. They're they light. Are. They're made of aluminum, but they're super strong. Yeah, I think the one that we have is the isn't it Monster or something? I don't remember the name. It's one of those big brand like yeah, it's a big it's or a big or name. it's or it's Gorilla Monster. It or gorilla. might be it might be Gorilla too. I it think might it's be a the Gorilla, gorilla. Bench. Yeah, but I use um I actually have I have several of them, and I actually when I when I bring in nukes, um sometimes I'm when I set up a nuke for like swarm catching. Mm-hmm. Or I set up a regular hive from swarm catching. Sometimes I will um, very quickly put one of those out and put the swarm on it until I figure out exactly where I'm going to move it into my apiary permanently. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it makes a really great quick stand. It um, is a great tool for multitude of uses. Like you said, using it when, if you're out there, I, I like it and you use it for that too, which is um, we use it when we're, when we have those super tall, hives right mm-hmm. when we start taking them apart it's nice not to have to put them even i mean i have these um uh gosh what are they it's something that you would it's like they were like 12 bucks at lowe's and it's like a black mat but it would it goes underneath something when you're doing like paving oh um it's like a mat thing. But anyways, instead of being just on the ground where there's other bugs that I don't want getting into the hive, I'll set, I, I, when they weren't too tall, I, you know, I could take the lid off of the hive mm-hmm. and then put one of the boxes there. Yeah. That's turn, great you, just, you turn the outer cover upside down and you use it to set a box on, you kind of set it opposite direction. At least that's how we do yeah, it. Yeah. The corners, the corners, yeah. so the, yeah. the corners are just really touching. Exactly. Yeah. They only have those four little points. You got to be, you know, and then you kind of do what you're really good at. And you taught me that too. That is like the little bump, bump. Yep. Um, to let them know, okay, we're coming. Yep. Set we're them down easy. Down. Kind of give them a little alert, move out of the way. But as they start to fill up with honey frames, then it gets really, really heavy. Heavy. Mm-hmm. Then that bench is a lifesaver mm-hmm. for, for your back. It is. You can put it there. You do the same thing. You put the lid there. You just, now you're not having to bend down all the way down to the ground. So that's a really nice uh, yeah. tool yeah. to have that every beekeeper should have, especially us ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to make, make it a little bit easier to handle. That's right. And it has to be lightweight stuff because we have to be smart. You know, we're not, I'm, I'm don't have all the muscles in the world and you've got to be smart about um, what you're handling out there with the, uh, with the weight. And exactly. Anything you can do to to make that easier. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, those tools are important to have. Lightweight tools, things, you know, that have multi-purposes is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think once you get rolling into it, you know, you get your favorite hive tool, you got your favorite bench, 
Like you said, maybe you have a couple. I keep that little plastic Target one because it's just made of plastic and mm-hmm. it's I'm not keeping it out there in the winter or anything. But in the heat of the summer, I can just leave it right there by the hive and then just, and it's so light. I can just pick it up and go to hive to hive if I need to. Yeah. So this has been a fun discussion. It sounds like we've both had busy weeks. Um, I think we're going to, we're going to tie this up and make it a quick ending. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have one more thing to say. I actually have noticed this last week that the moth is hanging out. So I did want to say that beware of the moth right now. <laughs> beware of the moth. moth. <laughs> beware of the moth. Beware of wax See? moths. <laughs> yes. Um, I have noticed, I haven't really seen them around and all of a sudden they just showed up. So I've got um, some lids that have, uh, are the bee smart lids. Mm-hmm. So they're lighter than the wood, wood, uh, wood lids. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think they're without a lot of heavy weight put on top, which I do have weight, but there's like little... There's a little space maybe here where there's like a hairline that, you know. Well, that plastic kind of undulates a little bit. So maybe have some cracks kind of that they're squeezing in, maybe. No, there's no cracks in this Be Smart. But well, I mean, between the the top of the hive box. Yeah, it doesn't close as well. It it, it's not a tight seal on the hive like it is with the wood. The wood there ain't getting in there. Okay. But with this, there's a little bit of flexibility. And so, um, somehow they're squishing through there. So I have noticed not in the hives cause my bees are not letting that happen, but I have noticed, um, when I open up the lid that they're around, there's like one, like around a lid. And you don't want to see those in there. You really no, don't. No, I absolutely squish them up there. So, um, they're not, they're not going to stay around, but it's just something to be weary of and know that. And if they were, if you did have weaker hives, they very well could get in there and the bees wouldn't be able to control the situation. So, so keep, every a now look and, out. keep a look out. Yeah. And every now and then, I mean, I know we don't go into hives a ton once the honey flow is over me, not so much just because I had apivore strips. I try uh, to stay out of my hives as much as possible. I really do. That's part of my strategy. Yeah. I think that, you know, every time you go into the hive, one of the problems that we do have is that you are, except for the spring, because I think spring, it's very necessary to see see what's going on. Yeah. You have to check on them. But after the honey flow is over, I feel like for me, it was putting an app of our strips. Well, there's really not much going on. They've got no honey. There is no honey. We're in a dearth. You know, and every time you pull out a frame or pull off a box, you are at risk, as careful as you can be, you are at risk of squishing your queen. Yeah. Yeah. And rolling her. Yep. You can roll her and kill her. So, mm -hmm. and then you have so many bees right at this point because it was, your spring just got over. So you have a maximum amount of bees in a small, and you've pulled off your honey supers. So you're in a smaller space. It's really tough to find her. So, again, with so many bees in there, it is highly likely you can squish her you know not that you do but it, it's possible There's, so every time you open up that hive and you're pulling you're in those brood you you have that opportunity yeah so anyway that's just my last tidbit that i had to say but. well it's been good it's been great so um we will finish up then for this session and hopefully be back next week with something else yeah, well, we always got things going. We we're still very busy right now. You know that, right? Absolutely. I mean, we still got a whole lot of work to get our bees ready <laughs> for the winter. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, dear. Well, you have a good evening and you have a good week. 
Everyone have a good week, please. Everybody have a good week. And we'll see you again. Happy beekeeping. Happy beekeeping. See you later. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you come back and spend time with us again.